Well, hello, friends, and welcome once again to another episode of the 360 Experience Podcast. I am your host, Tim Brahim, and today my conversation will be with a top producing loan originator out of Northern California with Cross Country Mortgage Regional Vice President as well. His name is Sean Herrero. Now, unlike most episodes of the 360 experience thus far, I don't happen to know Sean on a personal level, which is going to make it really fun and enjoyable for me to get to know him by having a stimulating conversation and asking him a lot of probing questions. Some of the things that you should expect to learn in today's episode are exactly how Sean in just seven years has put himself in a position where he's going to fund $60 million in production here in 2023. And a little bit of a spoiler alert, He's done it the old-fashioned way, by presenting to real estate agents. Now, Sean, all the way back to 2001, was a wholesale account executive with Countrywide Mortgage. Uh, And as a result, he learned how to get out in the field to understand what the people that he was trying to develop relationships with needed and how to deliver presentations to help solve their challenges. And obviously, in today's market, real estate agents have a lot of challenges here in 2023. And you're going to hear the specific presentations that he's delivering, how he prepares for them, how he confronted his fears of public speaking and the advice and wisdom that he has for you about how to confront those fears yourself, how speaking to a group of 150 realtors in his mind is no different than speaking one-on-one to a borrower. Speaking of borrowers, he's going to get into the specific things that he says to clients at point of sale, how he utilizes MBS Highway and the Mortgage Coach Spreadsheet to present at point of sale and to build trust and to educate. And I really want to underscore the subject matter of building trust. If you ask me what this episode of the 360 Experience is about with Sean, it's about just that. It's about how to build trust with the people that you're trying to cultivate a relationship with And the way that it's done is by taking your agenda out of the equation and caring about one thing, how you're going to help and serve them. Now, before we get started with my conversation with Sean, I would like to ask you, as always, if you like this episode, to please give us a like. If you have comments, please do so on YouTube. And finally, please make sure that you subscribe to the 360 Experience, because the more subscribers we have, the easier it is for me to get people like Sean on the show. And without further ado, my conversation with Sean Herrero. Enjoy. What's up, buddy? How are you? What's up, brother? How are you? I'm good. I'm good. I'm really, I'm really excited to get to know you. I mean, this is, it's actually kind of strange for me to have someone on the show that I don't know really well, which I think is going to make for a really cool conversation. Um, I, I recently had a, a lady by the name of Bar- Barbara Shrehans on the on the show. She's a CPA that I was introduced to through uh, one of my clients, and that was just a beautiful conversation of getting to know each other. And I have a feeling we're going to have the same thing happen here. So thanks a lot for taking the time to to join me and and to teach with me and and to have some fun. Oh no, it's my honor. Thanks for having me. I'm I'm really excited to do this. Right on. So I want to. I'm just going to get you know right out of the gate. Um, as we, I want the, the listener to get to know you, and, and I think a good way for them to get to know you is to just me, have me ask you a question about something that's happened to you in your past that you think was a significant event that has had to do with your success. And we're going to get into your success here in a moment because it's, it's really noteworthy in the short period of time that you've been in the business, how successful you've been. But I'd like to just start off by you telling us a little bit about how your success has come about. 
Yeah, um, it's a good one. So, I mean, it's hard for, I don't really think of it as success yet. Like I'm not where I want to be, but uh, I basically went broke in 2016 um, serving mortgage advisors. So my history in the mortgage business was I was a wholesale rep and then I was in business development like as a recruiter. Uh, and my job was to help mortgage advisors do more business. Uh, and I had lots of good ideas and those ideas don't matter if nobody implements them, right? Yeah. I can pour my heart and soul into someone, but if they don't do anything with it, if they don't make money, I don't make money. And I just kept holding on to that for years. Uh, and from, I'd say 2013 on, it just, my income kept going down. The company I was working at, they kept chopping me every year. And uh, I was too, I was convinced that my purpose was to serve mortgage advisors. So I wouldn't, I wouldn't let go of that. And uh, I think, you know, God, the universe, whatever you want to call it. Uh, if you say you want something, you don't take that step, you'll get pushed. And so in 2017, I decided to become a mortgage advisor. Um, and it was, you know, I'm going broke waiting for someone else to do something. And I was like, the, the best part of being a mortgage advisor is they're closest to the dollar. Uh, I'm I'm one step removed from that, so I'm going to change it. And uh, in 2017, I became a mortgage advisor and was top one percent my first year. And it took that push for me to get there. So I'd say, you know, if I have to talk about quote unquote success, that was a pivotal moment for sure. Well, that's a great story. I mean, so 2017 isn't that long ago, six years ago, um, and want top 1% in your first year. So it must've been, first of all, really gratifying to you on a, on a personal level to take all of these things that you had been teaching originators to do that they weren't doing, which had to have created a lot of frustration for you, because as I've said for a long time, it's like, you know, it, you can't be, you can't enjoy the gratification of being a teacher if you don't have any students. So it sounds like you were a studentless teacher to some great degree, which was probably really frustrating and financially, you know, impactful in a negative way. It must have been really gratifying, though, to then say, OK, I'm going to show everybody that what I was talking about was was valuable stuff. And you went ahead and, and, and implemented it on your own. Tell us a little bit about some of the things like right out of the gate. I mean, top one percent. What was your volume in 2017? First of all, right around thirty five million. That's outstanding. So and what's your average loan amount back then? Back then it was probably higher. It was probably eight or nine hundred. OK, so. I'll do some quick math on that. You did about 45 loans that year, which is like four a month in your first year in the business. That's darn good. Um, what were the things that you implemented right out of the gate? I like to ask the question to people, but I don't have to ask you this question, which is, hey, if I took you out of your current market and dropped you into another city today and you had to start from scratch, what are the things that you would do in today's market? You could practically answer that question from firsthand experience in 2017. What are the things that you did? Yeah. So for me, um, I've always liked presenting since I was a wholesale rep, I was used to speaking in front of people and sharing ideas on how to do more business. I just took that wholesale rep mentality and moved it over to real estate agents. So I would have as many meetings in real estate offices, uh, out like set up presentations as much as I could to share marketing ideas or solutions that would help them grow their business. Uh, and that's, that's really all it was. So if I had to pick up and redo it anywhere else in the country, I would just do the same thing. Yeah, yeah. I mean, that makes a lot of sense. I mean, I think one of the things that originators tend to struggle with, I'll take you through my my experience of what I've witnessed for a very long time now, is that most originators start off in the business when times are good. Um, there are exceptions, but you know, you're drawn into the business because there's an opportunity to make some some easy money, right? And that kind of breeds a bit of an order-taking mentality, and you're not really taught 
in the early days that it's about going out and hunting. Now, when I got in the business, I was fortunate enough to be mentored by somebody who taught me about the importance of going out into real estate offices and trying to do real estate presentations and trying to, to, to at least bring some value to the relationship. So what, take us through a, what was your approach when you first started going out in 2017? Like, Hey, my name's Sean Herrero and I want to, I want to, teach you about marketing or what was the what was the strategy and what were some of the, the the specific things that you taught that realtors found to be valuable that's that's a good question i think a lot of it's the same today so this will be applicable for anyone listening uh for me it was i try to listen to people more than i talk and i can't solve a problem if i don't know what the problem is so i would listen to what real estate agents were talking about and and find solutions to those problems so at that point appraisals you know amcs were relatively new not new but people were still struggling with quality of appraisals so i'd walk them through appraisals you know i got really good at rebutting appraisals because of the companies i'd worked at previously and i would walk them through how they could win on appraisals and and by doing that it gave me an opportunity to say by the way we don't have these problems because we only use the best appraisers we you know i could i could give myself an opportunity to uh, market myself after I presented solutions that they could use anywhere. Uh, and I did that with everything. A lot of it was video marketing as well. You know, if you, I was telling everyone back then, you got to get on video. Video is the closest thing you can have to a face-to-face -face conversation like we're doing right now. And uh, I'm like, this is, this is not going to be special soon. It'll just be normal. And I want you to be ahead of it. Um, those are kind of the two things that really stand out was video marketing and messaging uh, to have a bigger impact on clients and then overcoming problems. You know, what's uh, it got really competitive in 2017. Every, you know, everything was multiple offers back then, at least in my market as well. So, okay, how do I make our customers look like cash offers? I have to close in two weeks. So I just figured out a formula. This is how I'm going to accomplish this timeline, uh, which back then was really aggressive. Uh, at the same time, realtors get paid faster if you close in two weeks. So they weren't mad at that concept. So I just try to listen to what people's uh, problems or concerns are and then overcome them. Yeah, I make, okay. So what I heard you say is that you, you went in, I want to make sure that everybody can, that's listening can synthesize this down. So you went in and you presented on problems that you knew that they were having. So it would be an attractive subject matter. You, you found the pain points and you said, Here's how to overcome these challenging situations. And then the aftermath of that was, oh, and by the way, here's why you don't have to deal with that when you're working with me, because we have stop gaps in place to make sure that that, that doesn't happen on our end with relationships that that aren't flaky and, and that that don't create these types of challenges. Um, and then when it came to the subject matter, of, first of all, is that accurate? Yeah. Yeah. I think if I called and said, Hey, my name is Sean Herrera. I'm a mortgage advisor. And I want to come in and tell you about how good of a lender I am. Yeah. Deaf ears. Nobody cares. Hey, what are your problems? What are you guys experiencing right now in your market? Oh, this has been tough. Okay, great. Noted. Take notes. Hey, I want to come in and present solutions to those things for you. Okay, sure. And would, would you say that I'm super curious about this part. So, um, did you have like a defined sales, strategy slash presentation on the back end of that or were you mostly just coming from a place of teaching and kind of relying upon reciprocity i don't have a sales so no there was no sales approach it was i'm going to present so i would have a presentation in some cases like if it was the video marketing and messaging i had a pretty solid deck of how i would present that information thank you 
for having me. There was no, there was no, by the way, you know, there was no close. It was just, uh, I want to help you. And if I help you, I think things just turn out the way they're supposed to. Mm -hmm. Mm -hmm. Let's talk about this now, because this is where you and I are in lockstep. I mean, as an originator, my, my close was after I was done teaching uh, a lead, you know, going through a total cost analysis and presenting all the options and talking about after-tax benefits and principal prepayment strategies and all these things, then I would say, you know, Sean, it looks like based upon our discussions and based upon, you know, what you shared with me is important to you and your family, that this seven one arm at no points is the best option given your timelines, et cetera. And whether it be with me or somebody else that does what I do for a living, I suggest you move forward on that program. And that was it. That was my close. And people would always go, well, I want to work with you. And I'd go, okay, great. Uh, I don't, didn't want to be presumptuous. I, I never, ever want to make the person feel like I'm, you know, backing them against the wall and requiring them to make a decision. And I find that when you just add value, it's almost like the close is a shortcut and an excuse to not be bringing value. And if you bring in a value, they close themselves. I, I'd, I'd like to have you, re, you know, respond to that because I'd be curious as to what your experience is in that way. No, I mean, you, you just said exactly how I approach it. I did that an hour ago with somebody that was just referred to me. Their loan's going sideways. I said, I'll, I'm going to get some options out to you. And then whether you use me or anyone else, you'll at least know what your options are. And, and they, were, they were floored. You know, it was the exact opposite of what their current lender was doing. I don't believe... Dave Savage hates when I say this, but I don't believe in sales. Like I don't believe in scripts. I don't believe in sales. I believe in service. You know, my, my mission statement is provide the best solutions, make a difference in the lives of others. If I just do those things, I feel like everything else will work out on its own. And I think on the, on the other end, like with what you said, whether you use me or someone else for the seven, one arm, um, you, you took down their guard and now you're not a salesman anymore. You're an advisor. And now they're more comfortable with you because you're saying you could take the information I've given you anywhere. Um, but I don't want to take it anywhere else. I want to, I want to do it with you because you are the one who provided it and didn't make me feel locked in. I think that's, that is the, the close, I guess, but, it, and I hate saying it that way. Cause it's coming from the heart, you know, it's not, yes. it's not this sales pitch of, you know, oh, it's the reverse pitch. No, it's just doing the right thing. I'm, I'm so, I'm so locked in with you on this, man. I'm, this is super refreshing. I, you know, I've, I've heard a lot of people lately talking about how you should be reconnecting with your past client database and what the script is. And I think that the script is always the truth. It's like, Hey, you know, if you haven't called them in a long time, then just own that. Be like, you know, I, I just first want to start by apologizing for not having reached out to you sooner. I, I, I really regret that. And I just wanted to give you a call and say hello. And like, it doesn't, I think that what a lot of originators also do is they get locked up. If they don't feel like they have the perfect pitch, the perfect script, they're just completely frozen and they don't know what to say. And it's like, there isn't anything to say other than just, hi, how are you? And how have you been? And is there anything that you might need right now? And like, I've been telling my clients a lot lately, it's like, you don't want the phone call that you make when rates drop to be the first phone call you've made to that person in a long time, because now all of a sudden the message is, oh, you only call me when you have something to sell me. Yep. You want that phone call to be the phone call after the call where you had no agenda and you showed that you really cared. And to your point, the guard gets lowered. So let's talk about that as it relates to realtors. So. Okay. How many realtors do you work with right now that send you business? 
Um, I'd say probably around 20 really consistently, but I'm always trying to expand on that, but I'd say roughly 20 really consistently. I mean, that's, that's outstanding. How many loans are you doing right now here in, in the fall of 2023? Uh, so we've done about 10 million this month. My average loan amount is probably down to about 600. Um, shoot. I don't know. I think, I don't know. I don't really look at units. I don't actually look at dollars all that often either. I just keep going, you know, just mm-hmm. keep helping people. Uh, but I think year to date, we're like 60 ish million. Um, I'm off, off base or off track of where I want to be, but and that's all realtor referral. I don't, I don't really get I mean, business. Otherwise I've tried. It just hasn't worked out for me. Realtor referral is really the way for me. I mean, that's nine, nine, 10 deals a month consistently mm-hmm. in, a, in an incredibly difficult market um, where you're putting people into homes at really high interest rates. Um, and they're going to be future refinance clients, not just once, but more than once. I'm sure you know that when rates drop. I mean, that's, that's huge success in this market. And, and with those agents, would you say that your approach was actually tell us about your approach? You get a coffee appointment for the first time with a real estate agent, right? They're like, hey, you know, yeah, let's let's go have lunch or let's go have coffee. What's that first appointment look like? So a lot of times I've already built rapport ahead of that. Uh, I don't cold call. I don't, you know, again, for me, I like presenting. Um, if I, I, what do we call it? A one to many, right? So I'd love to go in and present to a group of people. So last week I did a presentation to 165 agents, a large majority of them I didn't know. So now when I do reach out to them, they'll already have an idea of like what I'm all about. So I use that to get me in. And then when I go to the meeting, I don't really have to talk about myself because I, I already did a presentation. So they know how I approach things. Uh, so I just always start with like, how's the year been? What, what are you struggling with? What can I help with? It, it, it's a very natural, I don't have an agenda. I never, never have. I don't think I ever will, but it's just like, what, what's going on in your world so I can try and help. It's amazing as to the percentage of people that will find it to be a wildly successful appointment if you let them talk about themselves and just listen. It's it's crazy, right? I mean, it's like everybody loves, me and you included, like at the end of the day, we all like to talk about ourselves and more importantly, we all like to be seen. Like it's a really refreshing thing for someone to just sit and listen and actually take interest in us. I mean, that is your unique selling proposition in a lot of ways is just to connect and to, and to hear people. And, and I, I know that Dave doesn't like the, the, the phrase that you're not in sales, but I, I actually completely agree with you that, you know, I, I mean, I suppose that you could make a case for the fact that just showing up and listening and taking an interest in serving people is your sales strategy. If you want to call it that, I mean, that's what mine was, but um, it just feels different than sales, right? Because it's like, I'm just going to let you close yourself when you're ready and I'm going to show some patience and then I'm playing the long game here, right? Yeah. And and to me, I don't know what we're selling. So uh, I did a call with Dave and Renee Rodriguez last week and I said something similar to that. I'm I'm in, in service, not sales. And Renee was like, well, hold on you're, we have to stop thinking of sales as a bad thing. Like it's gotten this negative connotation around it and it, and it really shouldn't. He's like, you are sales, but you're just doing it the right way. And I, and so I'm trying to like shift my mind a little bit on, on the, on the definition of sales. But when I think of sales, I think of somebody forcing something that I don't want, you know, I don't ever want to be that type of salesperson. I want to give value. And, and I think to your point, if I present you all of your options and then you make an educated decision, what did I sell? You know, I just provided service and I don't have to close you because you just saw what was best for you and your family or whatever the situation is, right? Yes, these options look great. 
I disagree, you know, Sean presented why he thinks this is our best option, but I can with confidence disagree with him because we're looking at the same data and information. And I think that's empowering to people. It, it most definitely is, and it's unique, right? And it's different. It's not what people expect. Um, you know, it's like I used to use the analogy that like all real estate agents are like in a supermodel attractive woman, right? They're all used to getting hit on. So if you're getting hit on all the time and you want some privacy, um, you're going to come up with a lot of defense mechanisms. You'll have plenty of rebuttal scripts as to why you don't have time. The minute that you don't hit on that hot woman or that hot man, not to be sexist, or that real estate agent that's a top producer, and you don't have some agenda, and you're just actually there to get to know them. And I'll go so far as to say, to even create the perception that I'm actually interviewing you for the possibility of working with me, which is a very different juxtaposition. And, and that can be done by just asking a lot of intelligent questions, getting to know them. I mean, certainly the approach of where are your pain points, how can I help you? But then asking them a little bit about themselves and under no circumstances feeling the need to sell or talk about you to where the conversation ends. And at the end of that conversation, you're like, hey, thanks so much. It was really nice to get to know you. And then they're wondering why you didn't try to hit on them. And then now all of a sudden they're interested because you're different and you're showing confidence, right? Like, I mean, these are all psychological things that are critically important. And I don't think you need to call it sales, by the way. I like how you framed it up as that you're there to serve. I mean, if, if at the end of the day, you shifting it to sales doesn't feel comfortable, then I definitely wouldn't do it. I would just call it service because I think you have the right mantra and mindset going into the, to the dialogue. Um, so, I'm curious about something else. Okay, so you started as a wholesale rep. Part of the job of being a wholesale rep is to get out in the field, to solicit business, to do presentations. There are a lot of originators that are listening to this that are deathly afraid of presenting, okay? And, and they don't even know where to start. They don't know what topics, topics to talk about. There are certainly people that heard that you spoke in front of 175 people that are like, I would have shit my pants if, if that I've been required to do that. Um, share some wisdom about how to, like if you were coaching, let's just say I came aboard on your team and I was your apprentice and you were like, hey, I, I need you to be my mini me and clone me so I can scale my business. But I had reservations about presenting. What are the things that you would teach me to help me get comfortable? You got to... Oh, this is so cliche, but you got to get uncomfortable. You just got to do it. You know, I think being a wholesale rep, I, I didn't have a choice. I, I, I'll never forget the first two I did. They were awful. And I, my heart was beating out of my chest and I was sweating and I was so, so nervous. And I wasn't presenting solutions. I was just talking through programs, which nobody cared about. Right. It was funny on the first one dead blank stares. I'm looking around the room and I just kind of was like, Sean, you blew it. You totally blew this whole thing. And I just went, does anybody want to hear about 80, 20s, hundred percent financing? Everyone's eyes lit up, right? Oh yeah. I want to hear about that. And so it was like, oh, okay, now I see what it is. They wanted to hear how they can get people like this is available to everyone. Right? So, so their problem was, uh, how do we get people into homes that don't have a down payment? That's when their eyes lit up. So now I didn't know what the problem is because I never took the time to ask. I just started talking. And, and then I found out, okay, now I know what to talk about the next one because everyone was glazed over. Um, and that's why I start, you know, the one I did last week, uh, I basically am showing, I call it the psychology of real estate. Uh, and I'm basically looking at how 
buyers and and sellers are acting in the in the current market and what their fears are and showing real estate agents how we overcome those things. So, uh, you know, basically any type of buyer, I, I want to wait for rates to go down. Okay, let's talk about that. And I go into detail on that. Um, I want to wait for prices to go down. Okay, let's talk about that. We all, if you're in mortgage, you hear people's concerns about the market. Every real estate agent is hearing the same thing. So if you can find ways to help them overcome those objections, you'll win faster and you'll get more attention faster and you'll have more confidence faster. And so I think that's that's really where it is. So I think the first step is go present, you know, do 10 people. I mean, getting a, a room of 10 real estate agents to pay attention to you is hard enough. Um, but once you get into the rhythm, it, it, I love it. It's so much fun. I love doing presentations. Uh, but it wasn't always that way. It was the scariest thing I'd ever done in my life when I was 19 years old. See, I think that's a super important thing for everyone to hear is that it, there's this perception that the Barry Habibs and Ryan Grants and whoever else of the world, the Sean Herreros of the world, are just like naturally gifted orators that came out of the womb with a PowerPoint presentation you know, and a rattle, right? I mean, and they're just like ready to go. And it's all bullshit. I mean, like I... I have to work hard. Like I'm doing a presentation next week in Park City for our master's program of L360. And it's like a 50 minute presentation. And I've practiced it like 15 times, probably more actually. Mm -hmm. And I'm still working through fine tuning it. Like it's work. Like if you want to be a good communicator, you have to take that seriously. We had Barry with us in, um, in Austin, Texas in April. We did a whole half day on presenting he and i were, were working with the group and and i think that was one of the huge takeaways that a lot of people have is they didn't realize that barry works his ass off to present right. and, and that's why he's so good at it you know um so do you do you use let's get a little bit more tactical with the presenting mm -hmm. stuff so want some i have some comments about what you had said by the way about the 80 20 and all that but i'll get that in a minute um do you how do you design, like, do you, do you practice a presentation? Do you design it? Do you use a PowerPoint? Mm -hmm. um, all of that stuff, like give us some nuts and bolts. Yeah. I, I, I love having a, a deck. I love images because I'm a visual learner. So I have to see things to understand them. Uh, I have a lot of MBS highway and a lot of mortgage coach graphics in any presentation because I'm, I'm the data nerd. So I, I back that up with what I'm showing. Um, but I, I get, so like the one I have right now, Diana Olick with CNBC has been the queen of the crash since 2015. She's been saying the market's going to crash. So for the presentation that I have right now, I took a bunch of her articles and put them in the frame from, I forget what year, but it was basically the market's going to crash. The market's going to crash over and over and over again. Her two most recent were guess how much equity you have because home prices are going up. And the other one was talking about home values going up as well. And I was like, oh, even the queen of the crash has changed her tune. That's really relevant to what's happening right now because she's the reason, one of the reasons that people were very scared to make a mistake and buy a house. So I want to show that the person who was making you question, or, or if I'm talking to a real estate agent, if I'm the person who's been making your clients question whether this is a good decision or not, has changed her tune. Right. So, well, if, if Diana Olix says values are going up and everyone has all this equity, maybe I should buy now. So I really tried to get into the emotions and psychology that are behind it 
and then I'll find graphics that are applicable to it. Thank you so much for tuning in and listening to this episode of the 360 Experience and my conversation with Sean Herrera. I hope you're enjoying it. The remainder of this conversation, the full conversation in its entirety can be found in The Loan Atlas. Simply go to www.theloanatlas.com or you can click on the link in the show notes below. Uh, and again, thank you for listening in.